the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shepherson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Landlord and Lawyer Podcast of 2023. Um, he's Ben Beadle. He's the landlord. And she's Tessa Shepherson. She's the lawyer. And um, we thought in this pod that we'd just sort of have a chat amongst ourselves. We haven't got a guest for, for this um, for this edition. And we thought we'd just have a perhaps a little look back and a little look forward about what's likely to come and, and, and what's sort of on the agenda for landlords. But I think probably the first thing we ought to talk about, Ben, is that brilliant conference that we had in November. It was incredible, if stressful. It was uh, a great day. Looking back, I was um, I was hating it at the time. I'm not going to lie to you because uh, we we had so many people. It was it was yeah. incredible. I think it just shows that um, although the the online events are really convenient for people for training, I think it it just shows that landlords do like to get together to have a proper in person event where they can meet up with other landlords, they can network with people, and it had a real buzz about it, didn't it? It 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 really really did, and as you know, this was the you know the first one that we had embarked on, which is why we were so happy to uh, be doing it with uh, you and Landlord Law. But there was a really good buzz about uh, about the place. And I think um, I was really pleased to sort of see so many exhibitors there as well, you know, good quality uh, exhibitors. And I thought the the range of, of uh, speakers as well was, was excellent. Obviously, we were very fortunate to... Um, uh, I think we had about four ministers signed up um, uh, to this conference uh, in uh, uh, over the course of uh, the sort of lead-in. But um, well, I, I mean, it was this... such a such a bonkers year, wasn't it? it? Was you know, bonkers. we had ministers going in and out. You know, practically every other day. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but I think we were very fortunate to have. You know, you can you can take what Felicity Buckin says, you know, whichever way you want, but. She didn't have to come to Coventry on a uh, on a wet Tuesday uh, morning. Yeah. Um, she didn't have to answer all of the questions that were thrown at her, but she did. Um, yeah. um, in fairness, and you know, some some answers were more fuller uh, than than others. Um, but you know, she'd only been in post uh, a week, and I was very pleased that she decided to make her uh, inaugural speech to an audience of uh, landlords. Now, we do need to see those warm words translate into more uh, mm. appropriate policies, um, but I thought it was good, and I thought it gave a nice context to the conference, um, uh, and I thought, it was a, I thought it was a bloody good day, to be honest with you. It was, it was a fantastic day. It was a fantastic day. Um, now, you've been rushing around, haven't you, Um I mean, I, I see you on, on Facebook and, uh, you know, you always seem to be rushing off somewhere. You're in an airport, you're in London, you're somewhere else. So um, what is your report? What, <laughs> what, what, is, what have you been doing <laughs> for landlords over the past couple of months? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a very good uh, question. So, I mean, one of the things that the minister did announce at our conference um, was the sort of concession call it a concession around antisocial behavior and establishing 
a um a round table to discuss those issues and she also announced subsequently that she would do the same in respect of the student market which we've been campaigning about mm. well i'm pleased to say that both of those round tables happened just before christmas um uh which in itself is probably an indication that um, the reform agenda is alive and kicking, and I understand the bill to be uh, being written uh, at the moment. But that, those were two really, really interesting uh, meetings, Tessa. So um, she convened a number of participants on the antisocial behaviour, uh, local uh, um, antisocial behaviour issues, local authorities, uh, sort of uh, other agencies, ourselves. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there now, uh, but there was uh, um, shelter, obviously. Um, uh, it was quite interesting to sort of see that um, I think the message on antisocial behaviour has landed. You know, it's clearly an area of concern. Um, what, what I was slightly disappointed at, to be honest with you, uh, is that our friends from uh, shelter... Uh, and not very helpful, uh, to be honest with you. So, you know, one of the things that, that we think um, should happen is, you know, with Section 21 going, you need to make sure that you've got appropriate grounds to be able to deal with antisocial behaviour. And obviously the threshold can't be too high so that everybody uses it to circumvent Section 21, um, uh, or too low rather, but it can't be too too high that you can never get um, possession of your property and so you know some sort of basic suggestions around if you've got a difficult tenant and um, uh, there's information known by agencies that they would volunteer to a housing association or a registered social uh, landlord well you know surely landlords the individual landlords who is managing that type of stuff should be afforded the same um, the same rights in terms of access to information, but no, not according to our to our friends at Shelter. Um, so I was quite disappointed by um, by some of their their comments. It seems to me um, that you know that and we have to be on the right side of the argument when it comes to antisocial behaviour. Right? It's not acceptable to have loud noise, drugs, you know, all of yeah. that sort of unpleasantness next to your family home. You know, that you need to be able to deal with that and you need to be able to deal with it swiftly. Um, but if your shelter actually, you, you know, uh, the, 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 the perpetrators actually uh, trump, uh, if that makes sense, you know, that, that they need all of the support, they need all of the help. Actually, I, I'm all for you know, providing support, but you have to be able to deal with these things, I'm afraid. And if you can't shape up, then you have to ship out. It really is as simple as that. So there were some very robust conversations around antisocial behaviour. But you know, what we both know, Tessa, is that politicians' mailbags and inboxes will be full of um, uh, antisocial behaviour type issues. And that's one of the reasons I was so pleased that Felicity Buckland got appointed to this post, because we've yeah. been talking to her for the past two years. She's got a big um, uh, PRS constituency in Kensington, and she knows about antisocial behaviour. Yeah. I mean, there, there's two ends to it. First of all, there's, there's letting them into the property in the first place, 
And that's where you need to get access to reports about them and find out what they're like. And if they're on a register, it's good to know about it. The other problem is once they get in, is getting them out. Um, and um, sort of as, as a lawyer and someone who's done quite a lot of court work in the past, I can see that that is a big problem because if you, if you make it a mandatory ground, um, you've got the problem that people may um, accuse people of antisocial behaviour maliciously yeah. or wrongly. Okay, so you need to have give someone an opportunity to, um, to, you know, to have some sort of a trial. But the trouble with that is, first of all, a lot of people will be intimidated by the antisocial behaviour tenant um, and, and won't be willing to give evidence. And secondly, it's probably going to take about a year and a half before you get it through the courts. So um, I don't know, I've been doing quite a bit of thinking about it in a quiet way over Christmas, you know, fun things I think about Ben over the, <laughs> over the vacation. <laughs> and I've sort of been wondering about, I mean, one of the things that, that you need to do is you need to have very strict instructions to the judges. Correct. As to how they structure their decision. Um, and I wonder whether um, police reports could come into it because the police aren't going to be intimidated. So if there have been a certain number of call outs to the police and there is a police report, maybe the judge could take that in, in some sort of. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, that's exactly what what we think should should happen, hmm. Tessa. And we also think there's a role for the local authority, because obviously the local authority, you know, if you do get loud music and loud noise, you can call noise abatement who can come out and tell them to turn it down and we'll have those types of reports uh, available. Yeah, this could be underpinned by the property portal. Um, you know, if we're getting uh, what what we can't have is you, you know an expectation that you know all the other tenants that live in the property will have to kind of give evidence around you know all of this dreadful behaviour because we know it just won't happen. You know, all you will be left with as the landlord is the perpetrator in your property. All and, the others and, would have moved out. What exactly. about injunction proceedings, Ben? I mean, have there been any discussions about a, perhaps a sort of like a streamlined injunction process for antisocial behaviour to get them out quickly? Um, perhaps based on a certain number of police reports um, and there could be a, a set process that people could follow um, fairly standardised so people wouldn't have to put because it's quite expensive to get solicitors it to is. Do injunction proceedings. No, it is. I mean, you know, th that is one one element. But the point I'm very keen to sort of stress to ministers, Tessa, right, is, you know, and that's a, a perfectly sound suggestion, right? But it's not an easy suggestion. So the point that we're making is, right, you know, you've made a strategic decision to remove Section 21. But let's remind ourselves why Section 21 was brought in in the first place. It was brought in to encourage those people who had a property, maybe empty, maybe for part of the year, but it was it was brought in to encourage them to bring their property to the market yeah. in the knowledge that they could get repossession of their property quickly if they needed it. Um, and, you know, if there was noise or arrears or whatever, you, you'd be able to get possession of your property back. So it's about confidence. And so the point that we continue to make is that you can, you know, you can have injunctions, you can have, you know, all of these things. 
But if you've got somebody that's wavering on the edge about whether to bring their property to the market, what they're going to do, they're going to look at what goes wrong. What happens if goes if if things go wrong? What 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 action can I take? It will not fill you with confidence, and I'm afraid uh, ministers right. need need to prepare themselves uh, for that. It's as simple as that, and that was the the overriding argument. Obviously, you know, we're looking at these things, or the 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 roundtable discussion was in isolation about antisocial behavior but it obviously yeah. you know crosses over so many different areas around supply and demand and confidence taxation and energy and rah, 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 you know, all of those all of those things they're all interconnected but you know for me it comes back to confidence and landlords have got to have confidence uh, in the system um uh, if they don't uh, the only people that will suffer will be tenants because they won't bring their yeah. properties to the market and I, I have to say, I'm rather concerned about this year. And it was interesting, actually. I um I listened to um, Rory Stewart and um, Alistair Campbell's podcast. And uh, I, I remember Alistair Campbell said he thought one of the problems that was likely to happen in 2023 was problem about housing. And uh, I am concerned that a lot of landlords are losing confidence in the market. They will either sell up, and although the property will still be there, it will be sold on, it won't be available to low-income families, no. low-income people. And it's just going to be very, very difficult for people to find somewhere to live. I mean, you're already seeing this. I mean, agents are telling me that, um, you know, they have queues, people are paying an entire year's rent up front just so they can get a grotty flat somewhere. Indeed. But, you know, that's that's not normal. That's not good for the sector. And the one thing I was very pleased to see uh, Felicity Buchan accept in the run up to, to Christmas um, was that 260,000 uh, yeah. reduction figure. And that yeah. was quite significant because actually uh, Eddie Hughes would not accept that the market was contracting. Um, Felicity has listened to what we have said. I've been looked at their own statistics from the ONS and seen that the, the you know the net reduction of homes available has fallen by two hundred and sixty thousand properties. Add that to a crisis of confidence, interest rates, taxation, threats about energy. Well, where are people going to live? And that was the question that came up at the. At the conference so i think it's been helpful to for her to be able to hear the voice of landlords and to be fair you know she did answer a lot of questions um did, yeah. uh, you know almost half hour of, of 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 questions and she you know she got a a feel for you know um the strength of feeling it was all yeah. polite um but she it, it certainly has landed and that's the purpose of kind of you know being able to put put on an event uh, such as such as this so um i'm quite happy I, it will be quite interesting to see what comes out of uh, the round table but obviously we have one about students and that was much more sort of um uh, uh, positive we had generation rent there rather than uh, shelter who have a different view on life um generally so you know not worth me getting too vexed about but i think um you know, uh, the student market is a very niche market. Um, and it's frankly uh, an area, if you look at the wider rental reform package, right, you know, that the move to ending fixed terms, periodic tenancies, and only bringing uh, landlords ending um, uh, the tenancy with a legitimate 
reason is about security. It's about keeping people in their homes. But actually, you know, what, what happens when a student finishes their course? Well, th- they move on. Uh, as yeah. you know, it's, it's well-trailed. I am a student, a student landlord. I love it when people do stay on for a second, a second year with me. That's great. But I've never, I've never, ever, ever had somebody want to stay beyond their third year because yeah. that's when they finish. You know, they, they go and get yeah. a, a, an internship, a grad placement or whatever, um, uh, and move to a different part of the country. That's fine. That's no problem for me. Um, that's just how it works. So this isn't about security. You know, it's about stripping out one corner of the market. And I'm quite happy, right, if, if, a, if a student or any tenant moves into a property where the property isn't safe, it's in, you know, crap condition, it hasn't got a license, all of that sort of stuff. Well, you know, they should be able to walk away without any penalty. It's not about standards. This is about making sure that the homes those students need, running from summer to summer, will be available when they need them. And to do that, you need to have the predictability of a of a fixed term. Now, they've carved out the purpose-built student accommodation, as you know. Well, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And there are a lot of strong voices around that table. We have Martin Blakey from Unipol, who I think you know, Tessa. Um, we had Neil Young uh, from the Young Group, who was chief exec at Get Living London, the Olympic Village. We uh, So a- actually, ASB, there was only me from our sector, but the student um, uh, roundtable, as I say, we had Martin, we had Neil. It was nice to be able to have another voice to sort of support yeah. what we're what we're saying. So look, you know, lots of work's gone in to yeah. sort of facilitating that. Um, uh, we don't know what the conclusion is gonna be, but clearly uh, the minister was in listening mode uh, and I thought that was very helpful. I mean, I suppose one, um... One thing could be if the uh, if the landlord was a, a member of a student accreditation organisation. Um, yes, that's right. Indeed, I, I, I think that's probably probably the best way to to deal with it. They'd need to be something special about that landlord and the properties yeah, for them to I, come I, outside the the standard. And I think um, I you know that that also you know gives a degree of assurance around sort of quality and who you're dealing with doesn't it which I you know I don't think that and that is one of the suggestions that we've put we've put forward um uh I mean I don't think that I I think this does have to be an all or nothing thing though with the property so I think there will be some difficulties if you have two students and two people that are working for example that would be quite tricky really want that anyway because i mean it's going to mess up the council tax um indeed exactly right exactly right um, and that, you know i mean you you really do want to keep them them separate and uh, either have student properties or, or not have student properties i mean if it, if it became a um a requirement that um student landlords had to register with the university i mean that might be good for the university because it would give them an extra th- source of income because universities are a lot of them are desperately short of cash, aren't they? So well, they, 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 universities would have quite liked that. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm sure they would absolutely love it. But you know, I don't want to be advocating a licensing, a student licensing scheme. Do you know what I mean? There's already enough bureaucracy when it comes to HMOs. So you know, the very fact that the local, you know, 
the local authority knows that you are a HMO, you know, is kind of already in place. I would much rather this be about, um, you know, being attached to some sort of um, student accreditation body or using existing sources of information to highlight a student house. And as you say, you know, we've put forward the council tax exemption because yeah. that's, 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 you know, that's not asking people to do anything new. You move in, you send your, all your certificates to the council, you get your exemption letter back, bang, you know, they, the local authority know about that. I'm very keen to avoid landlords, um, you know, having to jump through more hoops or hemorrhage more money. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think there has to be a, a balance here. So, Lots of good discussion uh, happening. Yeah. And, you know, it's an issue that's very firmly uh, on the agenda, I think. One thing that worried me when I was reading, um, I can't remember where it was, I was reading some article and it, it said that, um, I think it was Michael Gove talking about the renters reform bill, saying that this bill that we're doing, it's not about supply, it's about standards and things. And of course, the trouble is, the bill, if landlords don't like it, will affect supply. So they can't yeah. cut it off like that and say, well, this bill is nothing to do with supply. It's something uh, else because it will it will affect supply. If landlords, as you say, if landlords don't have confidence, they're not going to want to be landlords anymore. I mean, you can't force someone to be a private landlord. They, they don't have to be a private landlord. They can sell up and go and do something else. Well, uh, I mean... I people really understand that landlords can turn sell up and turn around and walk away no i i i totally get that tess and i you know um i i've heard gove speak when i was at the conservative party conference actually he's he's his language has changed dramatically in the past couple of months and i'm pleased Good. about that because it, it it needed to but you're right you know that politicians approach this um white paper as being, you know, resetting the balance, making it fairer for, for renters um, uh, and improving standards. And of course, there are things in there that will improve standards, but politicians compartmentalise these things. So, you know, this, there's nothing in this paper that's going to in, increase the number of rented properties that are available, either in the social or private sector the, the 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 consequence be it intended or unintended is that it will add a, uh, a, a it will make it more difficult to be a landlord and so it follows that if the environment is more difficult it does become a supply challenge because you know, if it's and, and this isn't about watering down standards, you know, we should have high standards, yeah. we shouldn't have mold, you know, we shouldn't have category one hazards, we should have our licenses, even though I hate the concept of licenses, you know, it, it's the law, you should do it, you know, we need to change the law, but you know, you need to, to do it like you do your gas certificate, you know, I want to go to bed at night as a landlord, knowing that my properties are as safe as they can be because I don't want to go to jail, right? Uh, so I'm not against having high standards, but you have to accept, I think, that if you make things more onerous, more costly, more difficult uh, for people that are bringing their properties to the market, they have a choice. They can either do it or they can not do it. So what's your alternative? And that's the question that we're asking at the moment. 
So we see people leaving the sector. We see consolidation. Yes, we see people still investing. Yes, we still see um, buy to let, uh, um, build to rent people invest in the sector. But the wider economic uh, backdrop to this will restrict those big corporate landlords uh, on their lending and their appetite and the political uncertainty. So what's your plan? Where are people going to live? That's, yeah, well, I that's mean, the question. I mean, I've already read that there's um, people who are looking to invest in Scotland and um, build properties. Indeed. Falling through. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, why why on earth would you want to invest there? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. No, seriously. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's not a flippant point. You, you, you know, it, it's a hostile... You know, it's a hostile environment. And the, th the worst thing is, Tessa, is they know it. Now, we, don't, we have a partnership with SAL, Scottish Association of Landlords in, in Scotland. And, you know, we're regularly in touch with John, John Blackwood. Um, you know, poor guy must be banging his head against a, a brick wall because they know what it's going to do, but they're okay with that. You know, that, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's... Well, that's, where are that, people supposed to live? A third problem, I suppose. I, 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 I guess it must be, but they have such a downer on the sort of, um, you know, uh, property owning uh, uh, landlord that you know, you've only got to look at stamp duty uh, if you're buying a second home up there. You know, it's massively prohibitive. Um, but that's the, you know, that's the environment that they're happy with. Um, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I think, do you know, we have any good news to, do we have uh, any good, well, making tax digital, that was good news. Just, uh, you, I don't know if you're, um, uh, if, if uh, listeners would have picked up on this, um, but we had uh, concerns about um, making tax digital. Um, uh, and I was pleased to see that it was postponed until 2026. Um, and it will only be, for self-employed businesses and landlords with an income of more than £50,000. So that will take great swathes of uh, certainly our membership out of it, which is really, really good, good news. Obviously, if you're over that threshold, there, you know, probably going to be a little bit of pain uh, to come from. But we know that landlords are, you know, typically one, two, three properties um, uh, with a, an average uh, income of around 20 grand so you know the, the vast majority will be taken out of making tax digital altogether uh, which is good news and those that are in it have got three years three and a bit years um, to be able to uh, prepare for it so I suppose the other good news is that landlords do have the option to join the NRLA or landlord law and well, uh, get a lot know. of help and support <laughs> And of course, hopefully there'll be another conference, um, which will be an NRLA conference later on in the year. So that's something for people to look forward to. Indeed. And, you know, I, th I think it's we've managed to grow our membership, uh, Tessa, uh, over these past two and a half years. We're over 100,000 members now. And I think, you know, the landlords are under the cosh. They need support, whether they use an agent or don't use an agent. And I think institutions like Landlord Law and NRLA uh, provide you know, good value, good quality services, uh, trustworthy, um, uh, and are just the sort of tonic that a landlord 
may well need going into what could be a challenging year. Okay, well, um, I think on that note, we better finish the uh, the inaugural pod for 2023. Um, we are probably going to be doing fewer recordings during the year because Ben and I are both a bit busy, but um, we will be having another one probably in a couple of months. Look forward to it and Happy New Year to everyone listening. Happy New Year to everybody. <laughs>